What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the In The Round Podcast. It's your boy, Matt Brill. Got to tell you all real quick about our friends from Big Friendly Productions. Now, Big Friendly Productions, BFP, they specialize in creating merchandise for bands, artists, and even lifestyle brands. With their in-house equipment, they can produce shirts, branded hats, and more, as well as offer graphic design services. Very important stuff here. You know, they offer order fulfillment to handle your online orders and ship merch directly to your fans. They handle all of that stuff for you. And whether you're getting your first shirt or you're going on a 40 show run out on the road, hit them up for all your merchandising needs. Uh, check them out, bigfriendlyproductions.com or email them, merchandising at bigfriendlyproductions.com. Shout out to BFP, Alex, Page, and the crew down there. Um, we support them and love them here at In The Round, and uh, we appreciate their support. Don't be sure to check them out. Also, rate, like, subscribe to the pod. Now let's get into today's episode. What is going on, everybody? How we doing? It's your boy, Matt Burrell, and uh, as you can see on the title of this one, this is the final episode of the In The Round podcast. Not the final podcast we're doing, but the final episode of it being called In The Round. And uh, today we've got a very special guest, uh, the guy who helped me get this started. Um, back in 2019, uh, four years ago, and um, it's, uh, it's awesome to have him back on here, and uh, we got a lot of exciting stuff to talk about. It's my boy, Tyler Lassard, formerly known as Boudreaux. Um, <laughs> we, spent, uh, we spent a lot of time together on the road, a lot of time together downtown, a lot of time together midtown, time together during COVID, and um, a lot of hours doing this podcast in yeah. a variety of locations. Yeah, dude. What's up, man? How you been? I've been good, man. I uh, no free no free shout outs, but this this coffee thing. You've put me on a lot of good food. You've put me on. There's only like two or three things that you've maybe put me on that I wasn't a fan of. Usually, those were things that I intentionally put you on that I knew you weren't like going to be most, a fan of. The, the most blasphemous thing you ever put me on was Fazoli's. Listen, man, Fazoli's <laughs> is just Little Caesars for Italian food. It's you got to like, know what you're getting there. It's like it's like going to a trailer park for Italian food. It's I just mean, not yeah. my thing. It's fast. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's fast. It's greasy. It's but every but most stuff you put me on. You've put me on in the last uh, last uh, four coming up on five years of knowing you has been solid. This Dutch Brothers coffee is definitely one of them. Hey, man, so I try not to put you on too much bad stuff. <laughs> yeah, you keep you keep it moderated. Just Fazoli's and chicken gizzards. Oh, the ch- yeah, yeah. Yeah, McElwain, this was the guy right here yeah. that put me on the fucking chicken gizzards. He was the leader of that when we were on our way to Rick's. Not my first trip to Rick's. Yeah, in we were somewhere in the middle of Mississippi when we had to stop for gas. And just, you know, he was like, man, what are these? And I'm like, chicken gizzards, they're a southern delicacy. It's like, yeah, I'm going to get some. I'm gonna get, but you go first. We sent him out there, and he got them. And I was like, yeah, let me get the chicken tenders, not the gizzards. All yeah. the people were watching him. It was hilarious. Yeah, the old lady was like, baby, you sure you want these gizzards? And I was like, well, I think I kind of have to. Everybody's telling me <laughs> to get them. And then I, I damn near threw up outside the Sprinter van. Yeah, um, there was a lot of those times that we uh, introduced you to Southern delicacies. Yeah, I remember going into the um, the Alabama Museum in Fort Payne. Oh, yeah. Remember that one? Yeah, we yeah. got all those like bootleg <laughs> Alabama shirts for like ten They're all a little like... Not just slightly misprinted. Yeah, they were all misprints. Yeah, that was on the way from Birmingham. That was on the way from Iron City down to Mobile, um, and Soul Kitchen. 
Yeah. That was the home the home stretch in 2019 before COVID. Yeah. But dude, it's 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 been uh it's been wild. This is like your first episode, our first time doing a podcast together since because we did we had done the grapevine thing together. Right. With Gary and Charlie. And that was cool. It was like 30-something episodes, but obviously his life came back and those boys go a million miles per hour. It yeah. stopped. But like we did the the in the round thing together for a fucking hot minute. Yeah, I mean we did that for what two years together at least. <laughs> yeah, and like it all started literally at my kitchen table. Yeah, it started at your the first episode with uh, Colton Parker was at your kitchen table, but we first talked about doing the podcast um, at Las Palmas. Yes, and not the one that we go to regularly now out in Hermitage. No, the one down on Eighth. The one on Eighth Avenue in town. That was the OG spot. That was the OG spot. And what was funny about it was that it was right next to that liquor store. So we'd go in there. We'd we, after we got paid from um, our bouncing gigs downtown, and we'd get Mexican food. And I'd go in and buy a pack of cigarettes. And you'd walk out with a with a bottle. Usually, you had all kinds of eclectic tastes. I, I like liquor. to try stuff out, you know. <laughs> You were, you were like, See what's hey, good, what's not. You know, sometimes it's a hit, sometimes it's not. Yeah, and and because then we would do, we would go and get get the uh, get get the liquor for the week. Get your for you, Ethan, Dakota, like our whole day, yeah. our whole gang, and then we just we just get after it. Like it's wild thinking now to like where life is at. Like, yeah, it's definitely been a, a glow up for all of us. You know, we're we're all out of Spring Hill and Antioch finally, and we're. Up in the Herm, so it's all been a glow up for here. <laughs> yeah, what's wild? What's wild too is all the time that, like, because you lived in town, like you at that yeah. point you were in, you were off Charlotte. Yeah, I was off of Charlotte on thirty fifth. So, so I was like three miles maybe from downtown. Yeah, yeah, in the in the gunshot range. Like, yeah, I remember there were, there were times we were sit, we would sit out post um, post episodes, like because we did. We did some late night ones. We did some fucking late night episodes. We did some midday episodes. Remember that time Ryan Nelson killed Dakota? Oh, yeah, that was great. And Dakota just had to sleep <laughs> on my couch for like four hours afterwards. Yeah. So, sweet, I don't know if I ever told you this. So, the first time, like, we didn't even really know um, no Randy yet, no Ryan Nelson no. that well. Um, we just kind of, he was like a big get for us at the time. Like, at that, at this point, Ryan was like, in his in his prime whiskey jam phase, like he was like he had a lot of shit going on in town. Like show up drunk had just come out. Um, could or what was his other one? It was show up drunk. He had California was out. I feel easy now. Easy it's now. easy yeah. now. The one he wrote with Ward and uh, Jordan Fletcher. Yeah. Um. So for us, it was like, oh shit, Ryan Nelson's coming on. This is a, this is a big fucking deal. Now, of course, it's just Ryan. He was over. He was over at the house with uh, me, Nikki T, Mark Orient, and Jadis last night, just cutting it up and yeah. having a having a good, having a good time. But um, he came over and he um, Tyler was. It was always like, hey guys, you can you can either smoke weed with with Brill. Or you can drink with with Budra, with Tyler, and Ryan Nelson was like, "Well, I want to do both." So and Ryan, he did. Yeah, what what did he drink again? He took uh, it was a big glass. He poured a huge glass of I think it was like vodka with a splash of something like Sprite or a seltzer, birch beer, birch beer. Because that's, that's what it was. Because you had all the birch beer. Yes. 
He did that, and then we went outside, and I think we smoked a joint or like a joint and a half. And my old roommate Dakota, who used to do some like camera social media stuff for us in the real early days, smoked with him. And Dakota just started smoking. He was a newbie to it, real newbie to smoking. He was uh, he grew grew up. The guy's got like three three middle names. He grew up very 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 close with JC, <laughs> similar to you and Tyler, you know. Um, but um, by the time we got done with the podcast, Dakota fell asleep on the couch. He we fell were, asleep mid-podcast. Oh, it was middle of the fucking yeah, podcast. Because I looked over probably 15, 20 minutes into the podcast, and he just slumped over <laughs> there on the couch. Yeah, with his sunglasses on. I'm like, is he asleep or is he, is he good? No, he was dead yeah, asleep. I have a photo of this. We actually took a photo of Ryan like on a knee next to him like while he's laid down on the couch. Yeah, it, was, it was like a championship <laughs> trophy. That, that was our introduction to Ryan Nelson at the time, and uh, which is which which looking back on that is do we have all the kickball days with Ryan Nelson? Oh yeah, yeah. Because we um we went through all that like so COVID was like a wild was a wild time. Yeah, it was a a very wild time. We it spent, feels decades ago. It does, but also it just feels like it was yesterday. Unfortunately, yeah. And because for us it was like you and I met. I moved down here September of or October of 2018. Yeah. I come down to visit September of 2018, which is yeah. when I first met you. Yeah, we met at uh, Dave's house. Yeah, we met at Dave's house and we went out together for a night. Yeah, that was the start of a lot of crazy nights. But yeah, we did. Um, but yeah. Yeah, and we so we um, went out, and this is when me and Kepsi. So the original plan too. I, I love just kind of talking about <laughs> this shit because I don't get. There's I haven't had many people on like in a while that I did. Like the early days, you know, like I feel like, and you've been in town now for what? Because you went to college here. Yeah, so I moved to town uh, August of 2013. So I'm coming up on my 10 years in town. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you've so you've lived multiple lives of being here. Yeah, I in mean, 10 years, like multiple, multiple, multiple. I mean, even in college, I went through basically two degrees in college, and college to me feels like it. I, it's hard to remember a lot of college is that far back for me. But yeah, you know, you, you live a lot of life in Nashville and you go a million miles an hour and it's just, it's how you make it. And, but yeah, it's been almost 10 years for me now. Cause I feel like I, cause I'm coming up on, I'm coming up on five. I've been here about half the time that you have yeah, literally. And I feel like I've lived at least three, maybe even four different like cycles in my five years of being here. Yeah. So, to think back to to 2018, so we, you and I meet, and then we're working at Whiskey Row. We were both veterans of the the weeknight shift and the weekend day shift, and then you moved over to being a sound guy. But you, we'd still work the same shifts, right? But what was funny was Tyler would just come over to the door and say like, and just kind of like fuck around with me, Dakota, Dave, Hangley, um, Donnie. Um, who else was on there? Paul. Oh, Tim. Remember old Tim? Oh man. Tim yeah. was a grumpy man. McElwain, you would have loved Tim. Tim was Tim was just <laughs> an old grumpy man from East Tennessee. I think it was East Tennessee. I think it was East Tennessee. Too. East Tennessee or Kentucky. No, it was East Tennessee. And he just he was He'd like, just been on Broadway since he was probably like twenty five and this man was over fifty. And <laughs> you know, all the bullshit of Broadway eventually wears on a man. 
I did it for four years, and like every time I go down there, I'm just like, man, fuck this place. Like, I start getting flashbacks of like stuff, you know, see helicopters, all that kind of stuff is doing every time I go down there. But like, I can't imagine being down there for like 20 plus years, like all the stuff that he's seen. Dude was a Steve Smith survivor. He yeah. did like 20 something years in the Tootsie circuit just yeah. doing security. Yeah, that's. That does not sound like fun. It's living hell. But, dude, we had a crew down there, and then you get moved to being a sound guy. And um, we had some some night – but the, the night shifts during the week, which I was like, okay, this is, this is cool. It's a little slower. But then you'd get those pops where it wasn't slow. It's like spring break or there's a big conference in town or something like that, and all of a sudden – the bar's packed out till 2 a.m. and you've got four guys on the shift to control 300 people. And you're like, oh, cool. Hopefully nothing happens. Yeah, dude. I mean, there were some nights when, when shit did happen. Do you remember that night that the uh, British Royal Marines came in? Yeah, the British Marines sucked. There was two platoons of British <laughs> Royal Marines that came in. It was like over 100 guys. And they're just like, they walked up to the door. It was Tom was the lead then. And they just told Tom, they're like, hey, don't get in our way and we won't mess you up is basically what they said to us. And I remember at one point, like some dude was messing with them. They like walked up to Tom at the door and they're like, kick this guy out or we're going to take care of him. And we're like, okay, cool. And so me and you and a couple other guys basically throughout the night, they came in at like eight o'clock and throughout the night we kicked every one of those guys out of the bar. It was just like one, we go to the bathroom by themselves and it's like, Hey, bro, there's one by itself. Let's go get him out the back door. <laughs> and so we just like would walk, we'd catch him like, Hey man, like I think your buddy went this way and just walk him out the back door and lock the back door on him and be like, don't come back. <laughs> Dude, there was, there was that one. I had some, Tyler and I were, it's, it's funny because obviously we're, we're very, we're very different people. Like Tyler is, is a tall, large human from the deep South. I am a smaller in stature, loud mouth from New York. So Tyler and I on a door together was fun because it was like, I would kind of like, I'd instigate some stuff. We'd play good oh, yeah. cop, bad cop. Oh, yeah. And if the person was too big for me to, for me to get to, Tyler would just, his big bear complex would just scoop him up. Yeah. And you just get him the fuck out of there. Well, it was, was kind of like, you know, having a freaking, like, bulldog and a little chihuahua at the door. You know, it That's was just like. a bulldog or a damn, damn Bernese mountain dog or what's, what's the dog? You, what's the. Yeah, the, Bernese mountain dog. That's Bernie, what I want. Bernadoodle. Yeah, Bernadoodle. <laughs> but it was like that, you know, like, I'm cool, you know, walk silently, carry a big stick, and Brill's over here just yapping at everybody. And then all of a sudden he. Bites off more than he can chew, and it's like, okay, well, let me take care of this so that he doesn't get his ass beat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we had some we had some uh, some times down there for sure, and then um, twenty nineteen comes around, and then we're it was actually right around the holidays. I think was when yeah, we, it was right before Christmas. It was right before Christmas because everybody had left town. Um, I was getting ready to fly home. I think that next day. You were staying at your your ex. We were actually, I think we were at your ex's place. We were at the time. We yeah. were at your ex's place, and we had dinner. And we were talking. I was telling you, like, hey man, I really, I moved down here because I moved down here wanting to do the radio thing. That was like a yeah. big, a big thing for me. Was I'm gonna do some radio stuff very part time. I'm gonna make my money bouncing, and the radio stuff never panned out. And I was like, well, I miss, I miss the microphone. And you're like, well, hey man, I know how to do production yeah. stuff i can we can we can figure out what we need you introduce me to sweetwater.com and we recorded that i think i might still have it in my voice memos but we sat there and like 
I interviewed you basically. Yeah, we like pulled up like a little like podcast app and it was like Brill just started talking and I started talking. We were like, okay, well, I think we can do this. So let's sit down, let's formulate a plan. And then we went to Los Palmas and actually like formally got it all together and stuff. And we started putting a plan together. And then what was it, March of that year, we did our first interview. Yeah, we did our first episode at your um, with some Audio Technica 2020s. I think yeah. they were. And some blue microphone, like some oh, handheld blue. blues. <laughs> yeah, like $80 like, microphones. We were like, all right, we got $500. How we do this the best way? <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is, we had just kind of pulled together our money and went after it and did it. And, um, yeah, those first few those first few episodes, and then we had the podcasts. Oh, the because um, um, that that house what that was like my first time experiencing like a truly like creative house. Yeah, because that um, it was how many guys were in there? There was four of us in there, and we, it was like a I don't know eleven hundred foot square house, but it was split, so it was the top and the basement. So me and two other guys lived in the top with the kitchen, the living room, and the bathroom very tight quarters and then one guy lived down in the basement in a makeshift room but he had his studio down there so it's like down in the basement you had a big studio with a bunch of guitar amps and drums and all this kind of stuff and then up top like i had my little desk set up to where i could do production stuff you had one guy over there that did beats for a living like he did rap music so you know he had his production studio and the other guy's a guitar player and he uh he had like all his guitars and he had a little studio in there too. So it was like basically four studios within this one small house. Like we didn't care about living space. All we needed was like, Hey, I need somewhere to mix and I need somewhere to be creative at. And that's all that house really was. Yeah. It was just a creative spot. I had never seen that, um, in my life. And I remember when, I remember how big of a deal it was that we got to record the podcast in the studio and yeah. by recording the studio, it was us sitting on, Sitting on drum thrones with mics with the, those blue microphones, yeah. sitting on like regular like mic stands, not this not this like fancy road stuff that we've got, or these SM7Bs or any of this stuff. And part of the the studio was the was the podcasts. It was it was Cake and it was Felix. And yeah. there were certain guests that were not fans of cats and Carly Rogers. Carly Rogers fucking hated the cats. Hated and they terrorized her. Yeah, they climbed great. over her her Logan, <laughs> Logan Garner. Yeah. They climbed all over Logan. Wasn't they, it SJ that like they basically sat in SJ's lap for the whole episode? Yeah, they sat in SJ's lap like she was fucking Don Corleone from The Godfather and she just sat there petting the cat the whole time. Yeah. You know, yeah, we had SJ on uh, April Fool's Day of twenty nineteen. Yeah, we did. So, which is coming up, which is now a little past, a uh, little past four years ago, which is wild because she was like our our little sister too, and she still is. But it's like wild thinking back to again those those times on Broadway and like the the guests in the in the early days. Dude, we recorded there for a while. Then we recorded a couple episodes at fucking Dave and Jake's. Yeah, we did do what, that. What was that apartment complex called? Um, the fuck was it? Gazebo. Gazebo Apartments. Gazebo Apartments. And there's there a lot Mary of Hill. people that have lived there. Yeah. Like that is I mean, a... They're big apartments. There's there's enough buildings that it gets into double letters again. Yeah, there's so, a shit ton of buildings. It's by the airport. It's right it's off... Right fairly off. reasonable. Yeah, fairly reasonable. It's a good spot when you're balling on a budget and you just moved to town. We recorded what? Royal Lynn there. Brett Michael... Uh, Ethan, <laughs> we got 
We did that with Ethan, and then Ethan had to play that night. Yeah. Where the fuck did he play? Was that? It wasn't his Whiskey Jam debut. I think he had a. Was I don't it think it was a full band. It was around. He had to play. He was fucked. Yeah, we were up. all drinking heavily that day. He was fucked up, and then, dude, somehow one of the pictures with him, he's like holding a holding a cup of milk. Do you remember that? No, I don't, but it seems on brand. Yeah, like he just ended up with milk. I don't know where the milk came from because like you guys were fucking drinking bourbon. Yeah. So I don't know how we got in the milk from bourbon. And I was, of course, 420'd up, right. um, which was wild. And then we moved from there down to um, my place in Laverne. Right. We did a lot in that little studio in Laverne. We did a lot. That was where our first the first episode with Gary and Charlie was. Right. Um Dylan Marlowe was in there. The episodes right before COVID, Clayton Shea yeah. and uh Sam Varga yeah. were in there. Um the Sirens. <laughs> like, all, the, all these amazing people that we got that you know at the time were like big gets for us. Yeah. Um, we're down there. And then we... Chad Bishop. Chad Bishop. <laughs> that was that was probably... I mean, we cited the Ryan Nelson episode earlier, but the Chad Bishop episode was probably the first time where I'm like, I'm too high to talk. Yeah. Like, I... Like, I, and we knew going in, and we love Chad Bishop. Chad is... Chad Chad's is, a great dude. Chad is a great dude. The man is, is a Florida man through and through. I put him right up there with Ryan Nelson. Anybody else from Florida, he's... Chad is a great songwriter, a hustler, a grinder. We we love him. But I did not know how much marijuana that man could smoke. And he showed up and he had three joints. You found out that day. And I was like, I, I gotta be a good host. And I gotta <laughs> the man wants to smoke. I gotta smoke with him. I told him we were gonna smoke before. And I just we the episode was what, maybe forty minutes? Yeah, maybe. Like we, and, and you were just like <laughs> over there just kinda like staring off in the space, just yeah, I'm glad we the didn't have the. Time. I'm glad we didn't have yeah. the uh, the cameras going back then because it was it was different um, for sure. And then we had um, Dylan Marlowe mm-hmm. was in that era. Um, who else do we fucking have? We had some that were like again, just at the time you you just kind of throw like as you keep doing this, your network gets bigger and you're able to have on bigger name bigger name folks and whatnot. But like we had some folks like early on that were just episodes when we were just green and we were yeah. just figuring out steve grauberger bro yeah steve grauberger you know we met him in a round and he was like yeah i got this uh tim mcgraw cut and we're like dude we gotta have this guy on here's a tim mcgraw cut from yeah. before from the year that tyler was born yeah and then we're <laughs> like dude we gotta have this guy on he's got a mcgraw cut and then like i mean he's a great dude he is a great dude, and if I run into lawyer trouble, I'm probably going to hit him up. Like, yeah. if I need a lawyer, well, it's funny because every time you go to uh, what is it, Cool Springs Mall, there's like that one shoelace store there at the corner, and you walk out of that shoelace store, and there is Grawberger. Oh, he's got he's got he's um, got a sign in the mall. Really? Yeah, I, I see get... it every time, and I'm like, <laughs> Grawberger. <laughs> yeah, dude, dude was an animal. We had him. We had Greg, Greg, uh, Greg Garin. Yeah, what an interesting human being. Yeah, Greg Gehring was a man ahead of his time. Um, man who really enjoyed drugs. You want to talk about a man that's lived a million lives? I mean, that man has legit lived, I think, a million lives. Is he still alive? Uh, yeah, he still plays up at uh, Jolton okay. Feed and Seed a lot. He right, does good. like bluegrass nights up well, there a ton. I'm, yeah. gl- I'm glad he's still alive. I know yeah. he's dealt with some some health troubles yeah. in his, uh, his wandering days. Um, Greg, you know, Greg Gehring McElwain would be grit, would be someone that would be, you put him and Terry together 
and it would be <laughs> it would be a fucking experience. They'd look like like brothers or cousins, you know. And, yeah. And they're probably Greg's definitely. No, Greg is definitely Terry's dad. Yeah, Greg might be Terry's dad. Greg might be Terry's dad. I definitely have to link him up. Um, wonder if he's hung like Terry, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Never got to that part. <laughs> no, no, we did. We never did get to that part, thankfully. Um, but then in uh, in 2019, um, after what was the some of the wilder times at Whiskey Row, because we had in April we had the NFL draft. Yeah, I think I pulled a hundred and six hour a week that week because I was doing sound and I was doing uh, security. Were you still at Boot Barn at that point? Uh, no, I'd quit by that time. You'd quit Boot Barn? Yeah. Boot Barn Boudreaux was one of my favorites. It was great. You in that tiny little hat was <laughs> one of my favorite things. You be you at Boot Barn, and then you used to be able to get, you got good parking deal from that. Oh, yeah, they gave me free parking, and it even went like a few months after I stopped working there, and finally one day I'd go in the garage, and I scan my thing, it's like, denied, and I was like, dang, like... <laughs> The end of a great thing is here. Now I got to go to Whiskey Rail, get a sticker, and pay $10. I just Ubered at that point. I was <laughs> oh, like, yeah. whatever. Yeah, you were so close to town, and then you could stay out and party. Um, but so we did NFL Draft, CMA Fest, uh, yeah. BC before COVID. So here's a funny thing. My second week working security at Whiskey Row, and really I think it was like my third shift, was the start of CMA Fest. And they were like... I was like, what is this? And they're like, we don't really know. This is our first year in business, so we don't know what it's going to be like. And you just threw this guy that came from a Christian college, came from a small town in Alabama, into the pit of CMA Fest. And it was just like, good luck. <laughs> it was it was wild. Like, I've never seen that many people. So this was 2018. Yeah. So it was like, you know, Luke Combs was on the blow up. Like, all these guys were blowing up and stuff. And it's like, they're all playing in town still. And they're playing the big stage, but they're also still playing, like, smaller places. Like, I think – you remember how uh, – I think it's HGTV that has the little barn that they build over yeah, there. The outdoor stage. Yeah, I think Luke it. was, like, still playing that thing yep. every now and then and then going and playing Nissan. Nissan or even the riverfront. Yeah, so there was, like, 250,000 people in town, and it's just everybody's going out, everybody's looking for lunch, all this kind of stuff, and it was just pure mayhem. That was also the year because that was the summer before I moved down. Yeah. That was also the year the Preds were in the Stanley Cup. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. So, yeah. So, yeah, you not only had CMA <laughs> Fest going on, but you had the Preds in the Stanley Cup, and they were just filling up the street literally from like i think you had it from like seventh and broadway all the way down to like the river was yeah. just a sea of people just lining the road and watching the prez they yeah. had huge jumbotrons up all over the place so you could watch them i mean it was literal insanity that's the busiest i've ever seen broadway yeah that was and i'm glad i missed that because that would have been that would have been crazy um yeah. but we did um, we did CMA Fest, and then right around that time was when you got a call um, yeah. from uh, from our, our buddy, our buddy uh, Ethan Willis had seen something because again, a lot of the way that this town works is people you have you have friends that'll see something on Facebook or see something on Instagram and be like, hey man, this this gig sounds like it could be for you, yeah. And um, it just so happened to be with two guys that. Are from the same neck of the woods, guys. The, one of them you actually grew up playing high school football against. Yeah, we played my senior year of football. We played <laughs> against each other. Yeah, and um, and it just happens to to be Gary and Charlie from Muscadine, and then from that point, both your life changes, and then shortly after, my life changes. Yeah, so I think it was like end of May, first of June. It was like the last weekend of May, 
um, whenever I went out with those guys. And yeah. at the time I'd left Whiskey Row, I was working over at Luke's. Remember, That's I was working right. You were at Highwire. Yeah, I was working over at Highwire at the sushi bar and all that kind of stuff. And running uh, sound at the sh- at the sushi bar at the brand new Luke Bryan's. Yeah, that was brand new at that point. Yeah, it like <laughs> just opened a few months ago. Well, it just opened during CMA Fest. That's right, because they did that big fucking concert. That free concert on the street. Yeah, so it hadn't been open very long at all, and I was working over there at the sushi bar, which was literally like you have a door here, <laughs> that's a big sl- like roll up door, and you have the sound booth, and you have another door here. So basically, you're sitting in an oven on a <laughs> rooftop, just getting beat to death, and there's no AC, and it was it was miserable up there. So I was yeah. just like, I gotta get out of this place. Like I can't do it anymore. And so yeah, like. The guys called and they're like, hey, like we want to take it on the road for a weekend. Went out on the road, you know, had a great weekend. A few weeks later, I got a call back and was like, hey, like we want to take you out again. And then uh, after that weekend, they offered me a full-time job. Well, that first weekend yeah, was in Virginia. Yeah, we played Lynchburg at some like, there's a bar there. I forget the name of it, but it, we were supposed to, I remember we were supposed to be in the upstairs room. Is it Elevation something? Might be I don't remember what it was. It's or it might be low ceilings, right? Well, the the upstairs room is literally like, you know, an office space that they've converted, and they're like, "Yeah, we don't have a stage for you." And it's like we just taped off some stuff on the ground, and the guys are like, "Like, we're not playing that." Yeah. And so we got moved to the big room downstairs, and we sold a few extra tickets because we went down there and stuff that night, and we played that, and it was cool and all. But the next night we played uh, Patriots Fest. And that's where I met Farron for the first time, which was awesome. And then we played, and then afterwards we opened up for Luke Combs. And it was like the guys, when they told me, they were like, yeah, it's going to be like, you know, ten to 15,000 people. And, like, I didn't let them know, but I never ran anything, like, that big. Like, I'd been a few thousand before, you know. But I was like, cool. like Mega I can, church stuff. Yeah, I was like, I can figure it out, like, whatever. And come to find out it's 60,000 people on the beach. <laughs> and, like, after our set, before Luke came on, the, like, fire marshal came out and was like yo like you gotta like spread yourself out basically and it stretched another block and a half down the <laughs> beach like that's how many people were there and how tight packed it was but yeah so that was my first gig with them and you know looking back on it there was a lot of blind confidence in that of like oh yeah i can do this like i'm not gonna like cower down like charlie was like hey man like if the house guy or luke's guy like wants to run it like it's okay if you don't do this like we can find something else for you to do. And I was like, nah, dude, like you brought me on the road to be a sound guy. Like, I'm not going to back down from this. And, you know, obviously at the time, like I had all the theory to do it, but I never had done it. So it was like proven even to me. It's like, okay, I can do this. And beaches are not easy because there's a lot of factors. It's an outdoor show. Yeah. You got the wind rip, ripping. You got the you tide got, crashing. Yeah, the tide crashing. There's a lot of variables where yeah. it's not like mixing at a, at a shed or, or an arena or a bar downtown, which you had been yeah. doing for a long time. And then I started out with you guys, um, I want to say that was July. July, I think. And it was Because uh, it was after Huntsville. the 4th of July. Huntsville, Alabama. Sidetracks. Side my first tracks. time eating Moe's Barbecue. Yep. My first time meeting Bradley Jordan. At the time, a baby T-Train, Thomas yeah. Trainer, um, And... Um, which I, I love those guys. Oh, those and guys are great. It was that room, and then it was um, it was Brag Brag Jam. Oh yeah, we played Macon, Macon, Georgia, the Crazy Bowl. Our first that time was hanging a out with old shit show. <laughs> our first time hanging out with old Dibbles. 
Yeah. <laughs> which RIP to our man, um, our man Rick Hill, um, who's down, who used to, he was the owner of oh. um, Crazy Bowl. He had he passed away a few months ago. And and um, we went back to Macon with, uh, with Trey um, not too long ago. Did a show down there at the Hummingbird with Josh Terry. Much smaller room. Sigs yeah. inside kind of vibe, you know? It's yeah. A, redneck shit um but uh that weekend with you guys was was a lot of fun and i remember them i remember the time lee uh langston old lee bird was like man you you're you sold a lot of merch and i was like, i yeah. just talked to people flirted with girls and well i think them. it was the i think it was the first time that they like had saw that too it's like yeah they've sold merch before but it's like you get it after at the merch table like you're not just somebody that sits there and like people walk up and you're like yeah, be five bucks. You're well, like dude, you're like, you're constantly <laughs> hounding people over there. You, you gotta, you gotta, yeah. and that and that, that's like I I went out and filled in for uh, for the newly married Bradley Curry. Um, yeah. Shout out to Brad and Alyssa. Love you guys. Um, subbed in with you guys a few weeks ago, and I remember Brad because he gets the emails with the numbers, the, the ad venue numbers, and he's like, yeah. dude. How'd you get that much in tips? I'm like, bro, all you gotta do is you gotta you gotta fuck with a few people, you gotta flirt with a few people, and you gotta just flip the iPad around. And he's like, and this past I saw him the other day, and he's like, man, I only did like like sixty bucks in tips. Yeah. And he's like, how'd you get like how'd you get like a lot more than that? I'm like, dude, you gotta flip it around, you gotta hustle. Yeah, I know he doesn't necessarily <laughs> do that. Also, I'll say this: like a lot of times, like Brad has a line like. Yeah, a see, mile long. that's just it, though. You make them wait, and then by them waiting, they're more eager to get up to you. And then when they get up to you, they're, they're think. You give them more time in the line to think. Yeah. They're looking at the table longer, and they're like, I really want that hoodie. But, dude, that fucking master's hat, I want that, too. <laughs> and then you get the hoodie and the hat, and then they're a little buzzed, and they click 20% on, like, an $80 order, and bing, bang, boom. Yeah, that's how you got to <laughs> do it, you know? But, yeah, and then my, I remember the- That comes from your door days, like- That does, that comes from the days of hustling the door, working bullshit right Radio events. Yeah, you know, you, you got to learn that hustle like early on, or else you just don't have it. Yeah, and you can't be and you can't be scared of someone telling you to fuck off. Like, yeah. you just got to know how to take it. Um, and then the weekend that I got hired full time and, and joined the, as Nikki T calls it, the Muscadine Merch Mafia, because there's <laughs> been a long line of Muscadine Merch guys. You got you go back as far back as um, as like Randy McFadden, um, Jordan Fletcher, yeah. Lee Langston. Um, Myself and then Brad, who's Brad's not even just Which the there was guy. there was a long list of guys between like when I got with them and whenever you got with them because like I think Dylan came out Dylan, Dylan came Dylan out Marlowe sold I merch think Noah came out Noah, Noah Hicks. Hicks um Gary's old roommate for a little bit Britt, sold Patrick Britt yeah yep. Patrick did and there was a couple other guys I forget who else came out with us but like there was like a long list of guys and it was like. You know, you'd be like, oh, so there's a merch guy. And they're like, yeah, he's just filling in for the weekend. He's a songwriter. Yeah, he, he like, he's my roommate. And I'm like, he's, oh, okay, he's, cool. He's, he's, he's in town to write songs. Yeah. Um, well, what's funny, too, is I didn't know this until recently. You know who was supposed to go out the weekend that I subbed in? No, who? Brian Fuller. Really? Yeah. I think Brian would have crushed it. But yeah. I'm, I'm glad he didn't get there because, one, that gig changed my life. But, two, Brian's doing the artist thing right now and crushing it, which yeah. has been awesome to see. But the weekend that I got hired full-time and became a member, member of the, the Musk and I was merch. Was it Boaz? It was Boaz and it was Heflin. Oh, man. And Boaz and Heflin, I see McElwain's face over there when I say Boaz and Heflin, two places that he has definitely been to and definitely had some times in. Boaz, Alabama, that was the outdoor amphitheater. The there. outdoor luxurious amphitheater. Yeah, and we <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the first show they ever did there. 
Yeah, that was the first show, and um, Clay Jones Band mm-hmm. opened that show. And then who else? It was another Alabama. It might have been Clay Barker or Just. It was somebody else in the Alabama. It was two openers. Yeah, I don't remember. Both local Alabama people that I probably know now and that probably watch this podcast, which is kind of wild just with how entrenched we've gotten in the Alabama Roll Tide War, war Damn Eagle scene. Um, and um, remember the green room situation for that? It was the upstairs of the firehouse right yeah and half of those guys had handlebar mustaches oh yeah it was I a mean, bunch of bald dudes with heavy southern accents and fucking handlebar mustaches i feel like if you're a firefighter like the mustache has to be strong dude yeah it was that and then they had like a camper like a breaking bad camper oh yeah in the parking lot they, they were didn't like, have ac so we were like yeah let's not do this one let's just hang out in the firehouse yeah. and then we were like jumping down the fucking the fire <laughs> pole and all that and then I that was my first that was my third day third time selling merch. I remember asking people like, "Hey, what do y'all do for fun around here?" And they were like, "Well, Some, we, somebody was like, you need to, do you know the Lord?'" Yeah, they were asking me. They're like, "You're from New York? Are you, are you even a Christian? Do you know about your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ?" <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Yo, I got a cross. <laughs> I'm good. I promise." Um, yeah, yeah. And, and then uh, I asked someone, "What do y'all do for fun here in Bo?" I was like, "Oh, we fight our chickens and all that." And then I remember, I think I sold, I think I sold over two grand that night, which was, was like a big deal yeah. in Boaz, Alabama. Where there's there's not a lot of money being spent and it's at a festival and it's like all ages. It's not the usual MB show, right. even for that time. And I remember Gary and Charlie being like, Hey man, you want to do this full time? And I was like, Well, yeah, I'd love Did to. Did y'all go out after that? And then we went out in Boaz with the mayor of Boaz, like four or five patrol people, like like cops. Yeah, all the firefighters. All were... the firefighters. I don't know. If something happened that night in Boaz, I don't know who would have handled it. Because every... Well, that's the thing. is, like probably nothing was going to happen. Nothing was going to happen because the entire town was at this bar. Yeah. Um, and it was me, Gary, Zoltan, Justin. I think it was, yeah, it was just the, the four of us. And, um, yeah, we went out and we had, there were no, obviously no Ubers in Boaz, Alabama. No, y'all walked back. We walked like two and a half miles back to the hotel. Bro, I, I have a funny Muscadine story. Okay. Here's one from whenever you weren't on the road with us. We played, we traveled one, this was 2021. I think we traveled like 32 hours to play a 30 minute set opening up for Eli Young band at the Montana state fair. Which is awesome. Like, love going out to Montana. Love that part of the world. Well, we all decided to go out as a group. Everybody, but I think Charlie wasn't there and Lee wasn't there. Lee went home. And we go out and it's we close down one bar. It's like 11 o'clock, right? We're like, all right, we'll call an Uber. And we look at our Uber and there's no Ubers. And so it's midnight and we're still trying to like, there's three of us on our phones trying to get Ubers and like, it's like searching, 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 no Uber available. So we call Lee and we're like, dude, like, how do we get out of here? And he goes, Man, I don't know. I'm asleep. And like, I don't think he was really trying to figure it out, but like he acted like he was and he's like, y'all just got to make it. So we were like formulating the plan, like pretty drunk of how to walk back to the hotel. And it was like a six mile walk back to the hotel through the wilderness and so finally, like, somebody pulls up and was like, hey, man, like, I'm going to go to this bar right here. There's one right down the street. Like, it closes in an hour. If you want to hang out with us for the next hour, we'll give you a ride home in the back of our truck. And, like, we were, like, sitting there like, man, like, this this sounds like the only way we can do this. 
and all of a sudden one of our Ubers pinged and we got picked up somehow. <laughs> but like we were like legit thought we were about to walk like six miles. We were like, listen, man, if we start walking by 1 a.m., we can make it there by like six o'clock. We have to be at the airport at seven so we can at least all shower and then go to the airport and fly out. But like it was getting dire straits there. Bus or van? Uh, at the time we were on the bus or we were on the van. This was uh 21, so yeah, we still weren't on a bus yet, but we hadn't even drove out there. We flew. This was a fly day, so we had no car. <laughs> like if we had the Sprinter, it'd been great because Lee would have came picked us up. Yeah, but we didn't have anything. Like we didn't even get a rental car. It was one of those things where the venue picked us up, or we just Ubered everywhere. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you don't think about like you know in Nashville and stuff like that. You're like, oh yeah, three a.m., four a.m. I've taken plenty of those Ubers. Yeah, it's always interesting, but I've taken plenty. But yeah, out in Montana, they ain't got shit. Yeah, I've def- we've definitely been out to some uh, some remote places that where Ubers aren't a thing, and. Um, but yeah, man, um, the Muscadine gig was a blast. There were that was not the first time or the last. That was the first time, but not the last time I walked back to the hotel. Yeah, um, with with um, my um, my uh, BK Lounge uh, partners in crime from back then. <laughs> um, go Yankees! Um, and uh, then um, then, dude, we um, COVID hits. And we're, we've got momentum with the podcast. We get the round going. Like, we've got a lot of good shit going on. Like, we're, we're actually, we're doing the damn thing. Yeah. And then we lose all of our gigs. And I remember, um, I remember the uh, going, we were traveling through Louisiana and Mississippi. Right. Which was one of my favorite weekends. It was the last weekend I was full time with, with Gary and Charlie. Technically, I was on, I was with them for a lot, for through up until joining up with Trey, but got to experience Louisiana crawfish season. Which is amazing. Yeah, Monroe, where they just gave us they just crawfish and jambalaya and just yeah. a ton of stuff. Wasn't wasn't fun when my, my stomach was burning. I had to I go remember. I had to go to the bathroom in this little shithole bar in Monroe, Dude. Louisiana, and I couldn't make it to the bathroom and I was <laughs> just fucking sitting there prairie dogging at the merch table for four hours. Do you remember at Baton Rouge the night before? You were like, it was your first real introduction into Cajun food. And you're like, what's this E-word? And I was like, etouffee. And you told the lady, he's like, yeah, I want the crawfish E-word. Because you couldn't say etouffee. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. <laughs> that was my first time having uh, Piccadilly. Yeah. Piccadilly at uh, the Texas Club Baton Rouge. Another, which, another Southern delicacy. Yeah, which, uh, McElwain, you have that coming up um, soon. I believe when this episode is airing, you guys will actually be in Baton Rouge um, at the Texas Club. So enjoy the uh, – you guys just did that one, right? Yeah, we just did it uh, last month. Still serve you Piccadilly? No, we uh, we talked him into crawfish, actually. Really? Yeah, we, we walked up and he goes, man, I can get you a Piccadilly for what's going on. I was like, dude, everybody wants crawfish. Can you just give us like 25 <laughs> pounds of crawfish? And they showed up with it, and it was great. Well, it was amazing. Well, McElwain, that's, that's, your, that's your handle it for the uh, – Yeah, if you can for- talk them into crawfish, talk them into crawfish, because where <laughs> they get the crawfish from is probably the best crawfish I've had. <laughs> Trey and Mitch have been on their uh, crawfish kick here lately. So oh, I'm sure. Th- I'm sure they. I'm sure they have. Yeah, I figure. I figure you'll. You guys will, will enjoy that. Um, yeah. Yeah, we did Texas Club, then we did Monroe, and then and we did the Mud Bog in Mississippi, Leakesville, Mississippi. Which what was what was wild about that two week period too was that so March of 2020 probably. Uh, and aside from here recently in Nashville, obviously a lot of a lot of stuff happening going down. 
um, that two weeks was chaos because you had the yeah. tornado that hit. Right. Which, <laughs> that's another fucking Matt and Tyler story. Yeah. The fucking tornado hits. Yeah. And I, you weren't working that night, were you? You were working that night. I was working night. on Broadway, and I remember, like, some woman, like, walked up to me, and she's like, hey, like, I heard there's supposed to be bad thunderstorms. There's going to be a tornado. And I was like, Nashville doesn't get tornadoes. Like, rarely do we ever get a tornado here. It's like, you're fine. Like, I was talking to Tugboat. It was whenever he's working over Crossroads. Oh, shout out, Tugboat. Shout out, Tugboat. Shout man. out, I love Tugboat. You, buddy. That is a big, sexy bastard. Yeah. We love you, Tugboat. <laughs> so I was talking to Tugboat over at the door at yeah. Crossroads, just like taking a break from yeah. Whiskey Row at the time. Benefit of being a sound guy, by the way, certain gigs, you can kind of stroll and get your networking in on Broadway. Yeah. You're not, once you get them set four hours, you don't need to be on the floor for all four hours. Right. Yeah. It's like, you know, every like two hours, I would take like a 15 minute stroll around the block. Just, <laughs> Go down to the candy store, yeah, get some ice get cream. Get some ice cream. <laughs> You know, if I was there now, like maybe we'll get some new Nikes at Fifth and Broad or something like that. You'd be shopping. You'd be oh yeah, swap back with a bag. I used to do that. I used to go down to Boot Barn and buy some stuff for y'all. Like especially there's times where I had to buy stuff for y'all, yeah, or something like that, like boot polish or whatever. And I was like, "Cool man, I'm gonna get this band up and run more run down to Boot yeah. Barn real quick." So the night of the tornado. Yeah. So I was working, and uh, all of a sudden, like I see the alert on my phone. And, you know, Broadway, Whiskey Row is fourth and broad, and the tornado is not even a mile away. So, like, we were definitely within earshot of all of it and everything. And all of a sudden, like, we start getting the notifications, like, hey, there's a tornado. Like, you know, stuff starts blowing up um, on Twitter and all this kind of stuff. So I kind of, like, showed it to the guys on stage, like, hey, like, whatever – and all those guys on stage lived within a like half mile of the path of the tornado. And what's funny too, again, just like the full circle, like full circle, even looking to now, the yeah. guys on the stage at that time were Dean, Mikey, Mikey Henry Martin, yeah, Henry Ivy, Ivy, um, the like the our, but yeah. I'm still very close with all these people. Yeah, and, and then Eric, Eric Shaney, who plays yeah. with Tyler, Br- plays drums for Tyler Braden. Yeah. yeah, so all those guys were on stage and like. You know, this is kind of where I started getting off of Broadway and, like, realizing what Broadway was for me is, like, you know, the bar didn't let them go home. Like, uh, Kelly, I think it was. Yeah. Like, Sid and Kelly, like, their place got struck, and there was a bartender there, like, her place got hit. And it's like, they didn't let any of us go home because we had to call corporate in Arizona, and Arizona was like, yeah, like, y'all got bad weather, but, like, whatever. And it's like, no, we just had a major tornado here. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people got affected by that thing, especially up in East Nashville. But, like I said, like, some of the bartenders got hit, and everybody on the stage was freaking out because they all lived within, like, a half mile of the path. And so Dean's brother was at home, and, like, he was dead to the world, asleep, but nobody could get a hold of him. So, you know, Dean's freaking out and all this kind of stuff. And, like, they're all freaking out trying to get off. And I think finally at, like, 2.30, they're like, all right, y'all can go. And it's like the bar closes at 3. You know, it's like, cool, you gave us 30 minutes. Yeah. But, yeah, that was that was a crazy night. And then we went out that night. I think you picked me up that night. Me and Ethan Willis came to pick Uber, you up. Because Uber shut down. Yeah, Uber shut down. And I remember I was living in Laverne with Ethan in Dakota. Yeah. And I remember Ethan being like, being like, all right, Brill. 
We know you're, I know you're from New York. I'm from Mississippi. I've dealt yeah. with these things before. You hear this, this, and this. We're gonna get, you're gonna get in the bathtub here. You're gonna do this, that. And then I remember he, he grabbed his, he grabbed his piece, and I'm like, "What are you, what are you grabbing, what are you grabbing the gun for?" He's like, "Man, you never know what people are gonna do in crazy situations." Yeah, for real. And I remember going up 24 and just seeing just, just chaos. Yeah. I remember scooping you, and then you stayed. I think at our place. Yeah, I did. In Laverne, we brought you directly back to our place, and you passed out on the on the couch. Yeah, and then we like the next morning, we kind of pieced together that like, well, our storage unit got hit from Muscadine. Yeah, that was rough too because Charlie was over in Hermitage. Like where you and I live now in Hermitage, yeah. was part of that that path line. Right, and I remember like be, I remember in the group chat. Like Charlie wasn't answering, and so Lee got out in the middle of it and went and checked on Charlie to make sure he was like good. Yeah, Charlie, Charlie was Charlie and Mallory were asleep. Gary yeah. was in Donaldson, right? Lee was in Hermitage. Yeah, Lee was good, and he was responding, and he was like, I think it's still like even for Lee, like it passed within half a mile of Lee's house. Yeah, it like went right by Kroger, where where all yeah. of us do all of us do bus call now. Like the tornado went right by Kroger. Yeah, and um. Then I remember the seeing the pictures of the storage unit. Yeah. And, and just told our sprinter. That's the weekend we were on Drew Baldridge's. Yeah, sprinter. shout out Drew Baldridge, the sprinter yeah. with the coffin bunks yeah. and the um and it had internet and it had the little lounge. It had a PlayStation. Yeah, it had a PlayStation, which great. which brings us back to that um what is it, Wild Country Off Road? Is that the name of the one mm-hmm. in Leaksville? in Leaksville? That was our our time. Open, that was our time in Leakesville, Mississippi, and I remember that was my first time like going mudding, where I was actually yeah. on a on a four wheeler and on a side by side and on all this stuff. So I remember these these Cajun dudes came around and were like, "Hey, any of y'all want to go riding?" And I remember I think it was Gary. This was, was another one of our moments where we're like, "Yeah, this dude's from New York. He wants to go." Yankee Doodle he's Dandy. Like, he's like, "Oh, New York! Like hell yeah! I'm gonna show him a good time." Dude, we went through all the fucking holes. We did this. We did that. I saw fucking trucks that stand taller than the house that I live in. I saw random, <laughs> ra- all kinds of, all kinds of just redneck shit, and it was it was just chaos. And then yeah. the gig was my my last musket I get. I remember everybody at the time being like Corona, like kind of. Yeah, it still hadn't like I think maybe the first case had hit the United States. Yeah, it was like a West Coast thing. It was yeah. like a California thing. We were all kind of wondering like what's gonna happen, like yeah. all this stuff. And of course, being you're at a mud park in Leakesville, Mississippi, where they're giving you moonshine and yeah. all of that shit, and um, they it's just it's a wild scene. Um, you have no idea. And then we got back from that gig, and then. It was a few days later. We recorded those episodes with Clayton Shea and well, Sam I went Barger. to Texas, remember? Because I was supposed to go to Houston Rodeo, and I oh, yeah, flew. Yeah, I flew and literally like on my flight, like I I took off on the plane, and the world was like it was scared, but it was still open. Yeah, and I landed, and during that time is whenever the NBA player got COVID. It's whenever the NBA yeah, shut uh, down Rudy stuff. Gobert. Yeah, and it was like everything like started shutting down. The literally like on the flight, I think it was the rodeo canceled, NBA shut down, March Madness, March Madness canceled. So like I'm in the air for two hours, and that two hours the world just shut off. And so I spent the weekend out there, and I remember having the conversation. It's like okay, we got two weeks off, you know, because the guys at Texas they're like, hey, we're not going out for the next two weeks. So all we need to take off is two weeks, right? And that's how it all started. 
And I was just like, do I stay out here in Texas and just chill with my girlfriend? Or you're, like, you're newly, you're newly. Yeah, we, um, were, we weren't even six months in at this point. Like, yeah. we were still very fresh into our relationship. It's like, do I stay out here or do I go back home? And I remember making the decision to come back home because it's like, what if this is longer? Like, what if, what if flights stop happening? Like, how am I going to get home? So I just, I went home and came back to Nashville. And that's, me and you kind of formulated the plan. We did those few episodes with like like three or four people, and then me and you headed up to Delaware. Yeah, we went up to Delaware, which um, I'm actually going up with Nikki T next week, which I'm oh, excited yeah. to bring him up there, eat some Blue Coast seafood. I'm going to have to get back up there and see Delaware not in COVID mode. Yeah, Delaware not in COVID mode. Dan was like, uh, my stepdad was like, hey, man, what, what do you and Nikki T want to eat? And I'm like, man, I don't care, whatever whatever you whatever oh, you want to get. great food. And then Dan was like, no, dude, you were here during the dark ages. Like, you, there, <laughs> there have to be, you were, you were living in like a retirement community in the upper mid-Atlantic. Um during covid like yeah. you had it was it was a wild time lots of late nights on the golf carts um lots of zoom episodes um lots of espn 30 for 30s yeah um the dance came out at that point and that was like a saving grace yeah the uh the last dance with uh, the michael jordan thing yeah. that was a big deal and then and then yeah man and then we we come back to nashville and um after you go down to texas i go and play farm boy out in East Tennessee with my aunt and uncle, yeah. which was quite the time of my life. It's still crazy again to think <laughs> about living, turning out horses and building fence posts and doing this and cutting grass, riding around listening to Clarence Carter's patches on a ride-on mower with a wad of Copenhagen in my lip, <laughs> like being like, I'm doing the damn thing. I'm listening to Clarence Carter at you were, seven. Uh, <laughs> God, what's that? What's that? Uh, son-in-law. You were living the son-in-law. Have you ever seen that movie? No. Uh, dude, I forget who the main guy is, but it's basically like this city boy who falls in love with a girl and he like goes to, uh, to her farm for like Thanksgiving break or Christmas break or whatever. And at one point he's doing the, thank God I'm a country boy. Like yeah. he plays that song and he's just like him driving a combine, like <laughs> yeah. do the thing. He's like, but yeah, it was hilarious. That was, that was you. Yeah, dude. It was one of the, it was a fun time in my life because I was, I'd never really done anything like that. And especially working for the, the, some of the proudest Southern boys you can, you can have. And that kind of integrated me more into Southern culture. Like, there's nothing better than waking up, and especially during COVID. My aunt and uncle, they're in their they're in their their sixties, seventies at that time. Yeah. And I'm just I'm riding around on this fucking tractor mowing the fields <laughs> with a, at like eight thirty in the morning. The sun's still kind of coming up. I got a wad of fucking Copenhagen mint in my lip. And I'm just I'm just riding along, just spitting out, trying not to spit on myself as I'm driving the tractor. <laughs> it was a it was quite the time. It was yeah. It was fun. Um, and come back to Nashville, um, have our uh, our uh, controversial writers rounds. Yeah, those um, those were some uh... during COVID, June of 2020, like three months into COVID, um, where uh, we had our first uh, whale tail takeover. Uh, which was a fucking blast. Um, yeah, and then yeah. that's kind of where things grew a lot more. And then um, we start the pod with Gary and Charlie. Uh, we get invited to, we we do a big a big moment for us is having Stephen Paul and Dawson Edwards over at your house in Anak. Our fourth, so we did Charlotte, we did, or Charlotte Pike, then we did My Place in Laverne, then we did Your House in Antioch. And then we did your house in Antioch. Yeah. 
So this was yeah. the start of location number three. Right. Which is where we had episodes with some of our some of our most listened to episodes of all time came out yeah. of that era. So we had we had Cameron Marlowe. We did. With his manager, Kate. I actually saw them um this past weekend over at Cahoots. Oh yeah. That guy puts on a fucking show. I haven't like, got to see his live show, but dude, I want to. Dude, his his show and his guitar player. Yeah. Um I forget what his name is, but he comes out, purebred Hosscat McElwain, papers and all. Comes out, <laughs> he's got long hair, wears the fucking, um, has like the, um, what are those sunglasses that Arch used to wear? Oh, um, Pit Vipers. Pit Vipers, but they flip up like the baseball sunglasses. Oh. Walks out with a cooler, little red cooler full of Miller Lite, and it's got a NASCAR sticker on He's wearing a NASCAR shirt, and he's got a fucking cowboy hat on. And he is just electric, dude. dude. And he's playing guitar, <laughs> ripping solos. Like he looks like they're like they play Simple Man, and he steps up and just hits the solo. It's like this is one of the guys. He looks like he yeah. survived the plane, the plane crash, and Skinner. <laughs> like he 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 could be up there with with Terry, just up there ripping slide, like just killing it. But Cameron's show at Cahoots was just electric, especially because um, he's playing. He's selling out. Between fifteen hundred and three thousand cap rooms. Yeah, he's doing C- great. Cahoots booked this show like two years ago, and Cameron Marlowe is a man of his word, and yeah. which speaks to the character of him, his team. Cahoots is a five hundred cap room, five hundred, oh, yeah. maybe six hundred cap room, and it sold out in an instant. And it was just, it was just awesome. And we got to go go up to the green room, hang out with Cam and um, Colby Williford and Kate and Meg and uh, everybody up there. White McCubbin opened the show too, which was cool. Oh, but anyway, um, I digress. Um, <laughs> you still, Side I still, tracks. I still, I still get on those. Um, I still get on those uh, those tangents like I did back in the day. Um, we did uh, Cameron Marlowe episode, our first Trey Lewis episode. Yeah, which is still like top three episodes all time on in the round because that was. That was the the week after he played Dick down in Dallas for the first time in Nashville at our writers round. Yeah, it was. And that was the video that blew up, and that was when all that stuff started happening. We also had Dawson Edwards on there at that time. Love Dawson. I saw Dawson the other night. Dude, I love Dawson Edwards. We got, we got some cool stuff happening with him and Caleb soon that we're yeah. gonna be we're gonna be promoting and announcing soon, which we're we're super fucking stoked about. Um, Dawson, um, Stephen Paul. We had on that point. What else did we fucking have in your house at that time? Um, we did a couple Muscadine episodes there. Yeah, we did Muscadine with the Grapevine there for a hot minute. A good hot minute. Yeah. We had your boy uh, Benji Cowart. Oh, yeah, Christian Benji. Word. Yeah. What were the bands that he fucking wrote songs for? Uh, the big one was Big Daddy Weave. Big he wrote, Daddy Weave. Uh, I Am Redeemed. All the, all Big the Christian yeah, music. Yeah, yeah, all the Christian. That was an, that was an interesting yeah. episode for me. I learned a lot in that one. A yeah. world I know nothing about. Exactly. <laughs> um, but um, then we did, what else did we do in that fucking time? I want to fucking look it up. Because that was like a big, a big time in uh, for in the round. Because that was like episodes like 50-something to like... We did, oh wait, yeah, we did Job Fortner. Oh yeah, Job. Carly Rogers, round two, oh, when yeah. we ordered the Domino's. And I messed it up. Oh yeah, you messed up her Domino's order. Yes, I did. She was pissed. Oh, she was ready to kill me, I think. Oh, uh, and then Chris Colston was the oh, last yeah, episode that we did at your, at your house. And then we did John Morgan. We did our first Ella episode, which is, again, another high stream one. John and Ella, we switched to your house at this point. Yep. Well, the Trey episode came out 
November 23rd, which was yeah. the week before Dick Down in Dallas came out, literally yeah. the exact week. Uh, we had Elijah Borders, LV Shane, bro. Oh, dude, LV's great. Benji Cowart. Um, we had Maxwell. We did Maxwell at Maxwell's. Yeah, we did. We went over to his house we, in Dawson's place. And yeah, for that. a while, we like were going to artists. Like, yeah. we did McElwain, or uh, not McElwain. McElwain's uh, right there. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Other one, uh, Matt McKinney. Yeah, we did Skinny McKinney. Yeah, um, we did hit that at his house. And that was the final episode that you and I... Yeah, you and I did together. We we both had a had a lot going on and um and all that. And then, yeah, and then I kind of kept it rolling. And then I bounced around because I I took the pod kind of on the road. And sixty four with Nate Frederick, I was at his house. Yeah, um, sixty five with Josh Kaiser was at Liz Rose Music and Liz Rose's office oh, yeah. with all the Taylor Swift things on the wall. <laughs> sixty six was in Tyler Halverson's garage. Dude, we've been having Halverson out on the road with us. He is he's, the best. He's great. One of my one of my favorite humans um, that I've ever like that I've gotten to gotten to work with, gotten to know. Like I I truly respect. It's funny because like whenever he's not on the stage, like he wears like sneakers, gym short or sweatpants, and then he'll wear like a denim jacket, right? And he's wearing his glasses and his hat. And I said this weekend, I was like Tyler Tyler Halverson is the uh, in-person mascot for the South Dakota Jackrabbits. Like, that's what he embodies yeah. as a human whenever he's not on the stage. And whenever he's on the stage, you know, the Amero-Jawana music, it's it's great. Western Amero-Jawana music. Yeah. Um, and then I did... Vinny Paolizzi was at RCA or MCA. Was, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was in the room that he shares, the writing room that at the time he was sharing, I believe, with Ben Chapman. Channing Wilson and Big Rob Snyder. They all had Damn. an office in there. That was cool. Ryan Nelson. I forget where Ryan Nelson were round two with Ryan Nelson was. Oh, that was at my that was in the that was in like the studio room, like the control room at Sean's place that oh, I was yeah. living in. And then fucking Rob Williford. Um yeah, it was at all these different all these different um places. Yeah, and then I started recording episodes in my um and then i started recording fucking episodes in um at my house yeah you in, had that little like office in hermitage setup. before sweet boy joined up with yeah. me and moved up here and those were some of the the, the highest i'd ever been you having <laughs> you was great because it was great to have another person to bounce in and ask questions you and i obviously go way back started this damn thing together but you were kind of you'd, you'd keep an eye on me and make yeah. sure and you'd, you'd reel me back in at that point and um, I, uh, the Mark Oriot episode, the um, Ben and Meg episode, oh, I can which imagine. by the way, they're killing it too. Noah Hicks, Colin Nash. Yeah. I, that, that's that late summer of 21. I did my second, my round two with Trey. We had like Nick Haynes, Brian Frazier, Matt Daniel, Meg Patrick. Meg, Meg Patrick was when I started with um, McElwain. That was when we started that. Um, and then like Stephen Wilson Jr. We had, Big Dick Terry, a ton of different people on here, um, but it's it's wild to like see where it's where it's all gone from yeah. where it started, and um, it's been it's it's been like a journey, and it's been it's been wild, and it's like even fast like fast forwarding now, like our our lives have both grown so much since Dude, we started doing this podcast. Like you're about to go on a go on a trip, and we can talk about this because by the time this episode comes out. I, the and, trip's done. Unless there's a, a major, 
plot yeah. twists. Uh, you will be an engaged man. Yeah. yeah. So, so how are you doing it? Don't know yet. You still don't have a plan? You leave like next week, don't you? I, I leave on Sunday, yeah. And this is Tuesday, so yeah. But it's just going to be one of those things like I'm going to fill it out. Like I'm going to find somewhere and it's just going to happen there. Like it's going to be the right moment, you know. I'm just going to fill it out. Like I'm not going into it with a plan. So you just got to keep the ring in your pocket. Yeah, like I, I have like select dates where I'm like it's probably going to be between this date and this date. Like, you know, there's certain guidelines. I'm like, yeah, I think this is where it's going to be. So it's not necessarily keeping the ring in my pocket at all times. But, like, there's definitely, like, certain days where I'm like, yeah, this is one of – there's, like, three or four days where I'm like, this is one of the three or four days I'm actually going to do it. What do you do if you're on the glacier posing? Fucking polar bear comes out of nowhere. Luckily, the polar bears stay way up farther north. Oh, so you're not going that far so, north. Yeah, no. So, like, there's, like, one island, like, way north of Norway that, like, most of the polar bears Ta- live Tyler's at. going to Norway. Yeah, I'm going way. to Norway for, like, two weeks. So <laughs> – it's going to be an amazing trip. We're going to we're flying into Bergen. We're going up to Thromso, which is like the Arctic capital. It's three hundred miles above the Arctic Circle. We're going to the Lafalten Islands, and then we're going to a small town called Kirkens, which is only it's like less than three miles from the Russian border. And we're doing a snow hotel there, so it's a hotel literally made of nothing but ice. And then we're going back to uh, we're staying in this thing called a bird box, and it's basically like a little tiny box. It's a king bed with about five extra feet on the end of it and it's out in the remote wilderness. So we're spending a night there and then we're uh, going back to Bergen for a couple of days and flying home. So, you know, it's going to be like a trip of a lifetime type of thing. And uh, it's crazy that's happening because we've been planning it since August of last year. So it's, it's been a long process of planning it and doing all that kind of stuff and buying flights and making sure like all the experiences are what we want to do. So, But, yeah, we're going up there. But, really, there's no, like, major predator in Norway, which is weird because, you know, you go up to – we did that trip up to Glacier and Yellowstone. They're like, oh, yeah, this is bear country. Like, there's not a lot of bears up there. It's like the polar bears are, like, way north on a remote island, and it's almost illegal to go up there. Yeah. Because, like, you have to have a very specific purpose to go to that island, and it's, like, illegal in Norway to interact with a polar bear because they're, like, one of the few animals in the world that actually stalk and hunt humans yeah. actively. You know, so it's a weird thing. It's, like, cool, like, there's no real predators. I don't really have to wor- I have to worry about a moose. Right, that's about it. Moose. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's going to be such a great trip, and I'm so happy for you and Morgan. Yeah. Um, and it's funny how that that whole you and Morgan came to be. Cause well, I remember like we were sitting in the car, and I so the way I met Morgan was she hit me up in the DMs after a show in Houston. And I got to say, you always used to give me shit for this. You were like, hey, man, don't post pictures of me sleeping in the van. Yeah, that was one of your biggest pet peeves. And how does fucking Morgan Momo for show shout out Morgan? We love yeah. you. How does she find you? Charlie put me on blast for sleeping shotgun in the Sprinter, <laughs> and she said that she saw that photo and was like, "This is the one." <laughs> and so we basically we started talking yeah. after that show in Houston, and I remember sitting there in your driveway in Laverne one day, and I was like, "Dude, like she loves baseball, like she's good to me, like all this kind of stuff," and you're like. You're gonna marry this woman, and like you guys were pen pals. Y'all were writing letters back and yeah, forth, like, like old school. Yeah, and this was before we were even dating. Yeah, like this was like legit. Like I think the second week that we started talking, 
and I was just like head over heels at this point pretty much and you like literally looked at me and was like you're gonna marry this one and I was like I don't know like we'll see we'll see how it goes like I still gotta like go meet her in person at this yeah. point like I hadn't even really done that and you're like no you're gonna marry this one. like this is the perfect one for you and here we are three almost four years later and it's come to fruition yeah dude because we've we've gone through some some life together oh yeah dude. we had our we had our phases where we were broadway boys yeah we were from hot we were broadway boys we had nights waking up at the night's inn in east nashville the waking wild up beaver and was always a wild time dude the wild fucking beaver when you could rip cigs inside was oh, one yeah. of my favorite places dude and, now that place is blown up like you can barely get in there yeah and they used to have the downtown employee discount if you're an employee downtown yeah. you got drinks on for night yeah, you got drinks for like two or three bucks. You can get hammered for thirty dollars. Yeah, I mean, you like used I used to do it all the time. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely <laughs> have went in there and bought my drinks, which was a lot, like almost blackout. <laughs> You're a big man, you yeah. need a lot of booze. <laughs> and then would buy everybody a round or two, and then would buy a few waters, and then would buy whoever I was with. Like if I was with a girl, I'd buy all of her drinks. And it's like, yeah, thirty bucks, and then you tip them like fifty dollars, and they're like, thanks. Yeah, it was a flat fee of like thirty dollars. Yeah. All you can drink. Yeah, it was like much. all you could drink for thirty bucks. It was the greatest deal in Nashville ever. Remember, remember Cinco de Mayo? I don't remember it. No, you remember it. Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. I met those girls. Oh, met her down at Whiskey Row. Yeah, I met them down at Whiskey Row. Yeah, you did. <laughs> And I remember you bringing them back to my house. I brought them to your house, and we had to record an intro. Yeah, we had to record part of the episode, and they were just, like, loud. and They were drunk as fuck. Yeah, they were. <laughs> and then we ended up out with them, and Dakota and I ended up at a, at a hotel. Yeah. And I remember one of the... One of the girls saying something, and Dakota was like, well, welcome to the South, because <laughs> they were from Ohio. That was a wild time. Yeah, dude, we, we experienced some, some wild shit, um, and, but to see where our, our lives are at now, you Well, getting... probably the wildest night that I've ever had in Nashville was the Boudreaux Birthday Bash 2020. Oh, yeah, that was fucked. Yeah. That was really fucked. McElroy, I'm telling you, if I didn't have 30, 30 rounds of bourbon that night... I'm not sitting in this chair. So, so all the stars aligned for this, McElwain. Like literally, like every star in the world aligned. So this was February. His birthday's February, right? Yeah, it was literally the night of my birthday, February of 2020. So this is as um, this is like again right before COVID. We're on the road with Gary. We and were Charlie. like first starting to hear the first inklings of like COVID's a thing in China at this point. And we're um, so we have our round at Live Oak. It's a Tuesday night. And Gary and Charlie come out. They, they they didn't play it. No, they just came out and hung with me. They just came out to hang out. So it was Gary, Charlie, Lee, Zoltan, the whole team, the whole crew came out. Whole team came out. We then find out that old brother Co. and his whole crew are in town. Yep. So they all come, and we had just closed out the year of 2019 with them. So in 2019, we did we um, we played up until right up until Christmas. And then we had that like one off two shows, two shows with Co. Like New Year's weekend, Oklahoma and um, Dallas, Dallas Bomb, Bomb Factory, beautiful venue. Yeah. Um, and then so we find out um, that Co. and his guys are in town. So we market it as Boudreaux's birthday bash, and I forget who all we had playing it. It was I know Stephen Paul was playing big it. Big lineup. I want to. I'm going to look up what that flyer. I think Ryan keep, Nelson keep, was on that. Keep telling the story. I'm Anyways, look up the flyer. so long story short, I had made friends with Co.'s production guy yo-yo 
And I was like, hey, man, like, come out if y'all want to. Like, I know y'all are in town. So they all come out. Co-included, the whole Co-included, team. Co-included. But they all come out. And at this point, it's probably like 9, 30, 10 o'clock at the earliest. And I'm already like 15 rounds in of just like people like, hey, man, here's a here's a glass of bourbon. Here's a glass of bourbon. And they're like, at the probably within an hour, like the bartender knew what my drink of the night was. Like they were just. They're like, oh, you want to buy a drink for him? This is what it is. Here, go. And it's like random people are coming up to me, and like they were just, you know, buying a ton of drinks. Well, Yo Yo goes to, up to me and goes, hey man, we got new drum cases. Like if you want a drum case or a big case, like we've got one. It's in the trash by where our tour bus is parked. So I talked to Charlie and I was like, hey man, like we could use this. Like you know, like at the time we were still like, you know, we weren't fully there on all the production stuff yeah like we still needed some cases and like you know we didn't carry stands at the time we didn't carry xlrs i was like dude this is a great way to start carrying some of this stuff start carrying his Olton's hardware in a more solid case like you know all this stuff so i formulated a plan to go get it and but before i could go get it my drunk ass decided, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to Red Door with Co, Yo-Yo, and Dre, and Colby, who is Co's front of house guy. And so we ended up at Red Door, and Benny was there. Yeah, our old security boss. Our old boss. security boss. So between Benny, Colby, and Yo-Yo, I think, I don't think I had, like, a glass in my hand that was ever empty. Like, it was just, like, handing me shots. Like, I had blacked out there. I don't remember a lot of Red Door. He didn't pay for anything. Yeah, no. And, then, like, at one point, like... Brill comes down and he goes, dude, we got to go. And I'm like, bro, I've been here like 10 minutes. He goes, you've been here for an hour and a half. And I'm like, no, it's been like 10 minutes, dude. Like, swear to God. Like, I am I just got here. Come on. He's like, dude, it's it's almost midnight. And I was like, oh, okay. I have been here for a while then. Then we went to Dogwood because we saw Ethan was working there. And uh, Jamie was bartending. Or Jamie was working. But I, yeah. The best part, I have photos and videos after we get we get done recording. Oh, Malcolm, I'll show you. Maybe we can get... Get get one of our editors to put the, the video clips. I don't, over I don't know story. if I want that in there. That was that was a different Tyler. That was yeah. Boudreaux. Now we're back in the Tyler mode. But yeah. Uh anyways, the night ends pretty much with me hopping a fence, blackout. It's like watching a black bear climb over a fence, right? The most athletic three hundred plus pound man I that I'd out. ever seen. I figured out like whenever I get like extremely drunk, I have like superpowers to be like the best athlete ever. He was doing things I couldn't do, and he's yeah. double my size. Why, yes. Why is it when anybody hangs out around Co and them, somebody's jumping, trying to jump a fence? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Well, I grabbed the I grabbed the drum case out of the trash on the other side of this fence, and I just literally like power clean the thing and toss it over the fence, and then climb back over. Well. We can't fit in Brill's car. I'm driving the – remember my old Equinox? I'm yeah. driving the Equinox, and so, we had other people in the car. Yeah, so he's like, okay, let me take these other people to their car, and I'll come back, and we'll try to fit it. I was like, okay, cool. So he takes those people, and he leaves me in the parking lot behind Wendy's on West End. With a knife. With a knife and a mag light, and it starts <laughs> raining. So you just see me sitting out in the middle of this parking lot with a knife and a mag light, just standing there belligerently drunk. Thank God a cop didn't stop by. <laughs> talking to yourself. Yeah, I was probably talking to myself. You I was were. probably Yeah. Anyways, long story short, Brill comes back. We can't fit in his car. We get into an 
a argument about it. I'm I like, let's I, have video, put it, I have video of that too. I was like, let's put it on top of your car, <laughs> like all this kind of stuff. You know, we were getting into a big argument about it. We're tr- he's trying to tie a drum case that's like the size of the table merch rig that we have for Trey. He's trying to tie that to the top of my Equinox, like with ropes. I'm just like, man, where there's a will, there's a way. Trust me, we, we're going to take this. Anyways, long story short, we ended up back on Broadway somehow. And I, I see Henry Martin walking up the hill. And I'm like, Henry, you just got off gig? He goes, yeah. And I was like, was Eric with you? He goes, yeah. And I was like, so I call Eric Shaney. And Eric comes and picks me up in his Toyota Tacoma. And we take it out to the storage unit. We went and picked it up and took it out to the storage unit. And we got that case. And then recently we threw it away because it doesn't fit the f- rig anymore. But long <laughs> story short, we never, we never took it on the road with us. It, it just stayed in the storage unit for like three years. It's chaos. So playing that round, it was February 11th of 2020. The old in the round flyer. Look at how far we we have come. On, on our flyer game. I think we were doing that one ourselves at the time. We were doing that, or Ethan was doing it or somebody. Ethan we had no, no sponsors. It. That round was Lee Langston, Trey Team, Dylan Marlowe, Tyler Chambers, Brian Fuller, Jordan Rowe, um, Jordan Fletcher, Drew Baldridge, Jacob Lutz, Davey Arnold, Derek Austin, Andy Austin, Josh Kaiser, Nate Kenyon, and Jacob Lutz's newly announced fiance, longtime girlfriend, Claudia Swoop. Man, that was a round. That was a hell of a round. And yeah, and yeah I've got um, from that uh, from that night we we've got some uh, some good uh, like these pictures in here. And it's funny too looking at it now. Like yeah, you had your Nashville sounds and your your Billy Bob's. Oh yeah, hat. That was a good trip. But like, look at fucking. This is pretty wild to see, especially now. Like, what's going on in my life? Trey Team wearing a Rays Rowdy shirt, February of 2020. Yeah, dude, that's pretty fucking cool. You know, that was the OG shirt too. That was the OG. Yeah, I have all the fucking pictures and videos. I'm wearing Chaw Dogs in here. They're <laughs> part of my take shirt. We used to do. Um, that was back when I was drinking so much Bang McElroy. I don't know if you ever learned that. I used to drink like three Bang energies a day. At least. Like three bang energies a day because it was part of like being on brand. You know, I like to be on brand with whoever I'm with whoever I'm working for, working with. And part of the Muscadine Bloodline brand was you're gonna you're gonna dip and you're you're gonna drink bang. Yeah, that was and a that I, was a hot minute of I the thing. Dipped and I drank a fuck ton of bang. Like I, I think I had every flavor and I remember just my heart. I remember one day I had to go to the cardiologist. Yeah, you did. And they were like, yo, you gotta stop doing this. You might die. And I'm like, oh fuck! And I stopped drinking Bang. Then I switched to Nitro Coffee. Whatever. Still at the caffeine. Whatever. You're still drinking all the caffeine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As we sit here with these fucking these things right here. Oh, this but, will keep you up the rest of the day. Trust me. Oh yeah, we're fucked. Um, but um, but yeah, dude. It's but now to see what you're doing with Gary and Charlie, you're TMing, PMing, yeah, front of house. Like you're you're a jack of all trades with them. You're. Um, I'm basically walking in the venue now. I'm like. If you have a question, I am the answer. Yeah, you know which I mean? which is cool to see where where you've gone from getting brought on as a sound guy and working yeah, security and working dealing with with chaos on Broadway, dealing well, with random church shows, dealing with all this stuff to now like you're 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 making a, a good living. You've got a, a girl, a woman that that you love yeah. that you're ready to start a future with. Like you're doing things now that we could have only dreamed of. Yeah. And back when we started. Well, you know, it's like one of those things is like, you know, I'm coming up on 
10 years here. And like I was thinking about the other day, it's like, dude, if you'd have told me four years ago where I was at, like, I'd be so thrilled to be here, you know, even like what I'm doing now. And that was like right before I got on with Gary and Charlie, because, you know, at that time, like it was just the grind of Broadway and working a ton and getting through that. And so like, you know, it's crazy. Like I moved to town to be a guitarist. I didn't even move to town to be a sound guy. You wanted to play guitar for a pop band. Yeah, like, you know, I never thought I was going to get in country music. Like, I always thought, like, rap, rock, you know, pop, even worship music for a while. But, like, once I got out of worship music, it was like, I'm going to go into pop or rap or something like that. So, like, it's crazy, like, how life has zigzagged and changed. But, you know, I feel like every decision I made here has been the right decision. Like, I don't feel like I've ever made a decision where, like, dang, I wish I could go back and change that in Nashville. You know, I feel like a, every decision has been the right decision so far to get me to here. That's good, man. That's yeah. good. And it's like, I, I kind of feel it's where, where I'm at is pretty wild too. Yeah. You, you know? got a lot of exciting things going on, man. I've, I've come a, come along, come a long way from yeah, dude. where, and there's been, a, been some, been some bumps in the road for sure. Been, been some, been some crazy shit. Um, seen a lot of stuff, but like to see where you and I are at now, it's, it's exciting and it's, it's wild, man. I mean, we've, we've done, there's been over almost been over a hundred episodes of this thing and it's, uh, it's going to be going to be different, still similar, but excited to make the, the announcements that are going to be coming next week and, um, be announcing all of, all of that stuff. It's, it's going to be cool and going to be fun and to be, to be making some money, doing this yeah. is wild yeah dude and for it to be like legit dollars well it's like, like even like where we're sitting at in this place right now coming from the kitchen table like yeah you know and it's you know an honor to be like the last guest on this and uh start this with you and you know spend all the time and see what you've built this into like it's been great to watch that you yeah, know dude. sometimes in that. the trenches with you sometimes from a distance but either way dude it's been great to see what you've built this into and You've got a lot of great stuff coming up. I appreciate so that, man. It means a lot. Excited to see you, see where this all takes you. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm excited too, and um, it's uh, it's wild, and um, it's uh, definitely some some fun stuff. And then, real quick, baseball season. How many games do you think the Braves win this year? So you guys are healthy for the first time in a long time. Ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. Yes. It's a tough division this year. It is. It's a very tough. Division. We're getting some help early on. We're getting some guys out of there quick. You yeah. know. Some ACLs aren't as strong as they should be. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping the Yankees can be around that same number, but we are plagued plagued by injuries right now. Um, and I think some, I think Toronto and Tampa are still gonna be a pain in the ass. I think Baltimore is actually gonna be solid this year. I have Baltimore to win a wild card. Yeah, I I could see it. They're they're young. They're, yeah, their young they're guns can do what they're supposed to, and they're they have John Means back healthy. Yeah, Adley Rushman scares the hell out of me. Yeah, Gunnar Henderson's going to be good. Yeah, they're all. They're They've all got some pitching really. prospects in the works yeah. that are going to be, I think, some shockers. Yeah, yeah. That's that for me is like the biggest fear on the Braves is our starting pitching. Yeah, you know, obviously we got uh, Max, who's great. We got Spencer, who if his arm holds up, is going to be great. And then we've got um, Kyle Wright will eventually be back. He's got some shoulder issues, but he'll be back. And. Uh, doing his thing you know like i said like last year 21 game winner like you know and didn't get talked about so you know he's a young stud it's just you know the four and five guys we gotta have some young guys come up and really produce but yeah no like i'm excited for baseball season going to a lot of games this year 
Um, going to games on the road. Yeah, hopefully. I'm I, sure you'll. I always like when, when I get my tournament schedule. I'm like, okay, what what does this coincide with MLB schedule? Like, can I go see a Nationals game in DC? Can I go see a you know Red Sox game in Boston? Like, you know, have, have you and I been to a baseball game together? I don't think we have. So McIlwain's been to a baseball game with me before. I'm sorry. McIlwain loves it because yeah. we haven't even been to a Yankees game together. We've been to a Texas Rangers and Blue Dude. Jays game. That stadium is gorgeous. Uh, yeah. We were there like the second day that it was open. We yeah. had some off days. That was probably one of the wildest. Now that I'm not touring anymore, um, <laughs> one of the wildest touring experiences I ever had was the week when the um, the cats left the mice to run and run and play. Where it was That's me. always dangerous. It was me, Trey, Sweet Boy, um, Terry, and Mitch. Before Mitch, Mitch had quit drinking, and uh, we had some off days in Dallas. And Oof. this was like the height of of Dick down in Dallas. And we're in Oof. Dallas, and we're just parked behind the venue for like in the bandwagon for like four or five days. And there's like three gentlemen's clubs within walking distance. When I say walking distance, I mean a couple miles. We were we were walking a yeah. lot. Um, like a Chinese buffet across the street, a biker bar, this or that. And one of the things was we got to go to the Rangers game, and we had to connect where we sat. Like we were probably 15 rows behind the dugout. Oh, that's awesome! Behind the Rangers dugout. It was the second day of the stadium being open, so it's April of 21, oh, God. and it was full capacity. Yeah, it, brand new Globe Life Park, brand new. And I am heckling the Toronto Blue Jays. <laughs> I am heckling them. Who's the little fat catcher they have? Kirk? Yeah, Kirk. I was yelling at him. You little short, <laughs> fat motherfucker, this, that. I was yelling at Vlad Jr. Of course, he fucking comes close to winning the MVP that year. And he, I'm like, you're not as good as your daddy. Like, just yelling shit at him. And Trey and all those guys were like... Our favorite version of Brill might be Brill at a baseball game. Yeah. And then we went to a Minnesota Twins game. We, um, on, we were on the Kid Rock tour. We had some off time. Um, and we went to um, Target Field. And I got to say, Midwestern baseball fans are just, they're very quiet. Well, yeah, they're quiet in general. They're Midwestern folks. Yeah, just, Midwestern folks are just good cornbread. I, I don't know if it's all the ranch, the ranch and bush light in their veins or what it is. What but, it, yeah, but, there's but quiet I people. was. I was rooting for the Mariners. Oh. I was yelling at Carlos Correa. Of course. And Gary Sanchez. Yeah, that makes sense. That and checks we out. Sat, we bought tickets for the upper deck. But, and again, the beauty of small market baseball, especially early in the year. Oh, yeah. so it was like March or April. It was so like, there's still probably snow on the ground. It was cold. It was. I mean, it was. It was a decent day. Wild. It was. We played Wild Greg's Minneapolis. Oh, okay. Wild Greg came to the game with us. Oh, nice. It was awesome. Um, <laughs> but we bounced around. We sat in what McElwain? Probably like three or four different spots. Uh, I didn't go to that game. You didn't come to that. I thought no, you were at that Rangers nah, game I didn't go or not at the Twins game. Oh, you stayed in. Oh yeah, he was a little. He was a little hungover from Omaha. Um, but um, we because um, so it was me, Ben, um, Nick Gorman. Um, who else was with us? Um, Mitch and Terry. Terry's a big Mariners fan. So, all right, I'll root for the Mariners. And I was yelling. At that's Korea. another team that's going to do a lot this oh, year. Oh, a lot. Yeah. I was yelling at um, Carlos Correa, and the Twins fans didn't know how to react to me. They're too nice. <laughs> they wouldn't tell me to shut the fuck up. I'm sitting there, I'm wearing a Yankees hat. 
and I am yelling at Carlos Correa <laughs> at a Minnesota Twins home game. They had just gotten him. It's one of the few fan bases you can like do that at. I feel like I feel like anywhere in the I feel like you can do it at a Pittsburgh Pirates game. I feel like you can do it at, yeah. at a at a Guardians game. I feel like you can do it at a Reds game. Dude, me and Brad last year went to a Reds like early season. We paid six dollars and we never saw our seats because they were way <laughs> up in the top. But we legit set two rows from the outfield like wall yeah. right next to the bullpen. And we were talking to the people behind us. They were season ticket holders. They're like, oh, yeah, our tickets are way up there, too. Like, we buy tickets way up in the top every year. <laughs> and we like get that. to sit, like, first three rows in the outfield. <laughs> and they were playing the Cubs, so it was kind of cool because uh, Strowman was on the mound. Yeah, that was cool. And then uh, Seiya Suzuki was playing. Yeah. Like, we were, like, literally, like, from me to the wall over there from him multiple times. You know, so it was cool to, like, see that stadium. That's a beautiful stadium. Yeah, I want to I wanna go and check that out. And I think – we're gonna be trying to get out to um, up to Cincy. Yeah, to um, you're about to embark on a on a wild year of touring. And again, it's it's yeah, really dude. cool because I I know I've I've only I obviously took on another gig and went out with Trey and did all that stuff, and I'm grateful for it. It was a huge huge chapter in my life, and um, still Team TL. Obviously, we're here at the luxurious oh, DM yeah. Monday Studios. Shout out Trey, Alex, Mitch, Trey Bonner, of course, Sweet Boy behind the camera. Um, but to see where where the Muscadine guys have gone, and this year to be having opening shows for Eric Fucking Church to be yeah. on marquee festivals in solid slots that that make make sense, like right. And to have all the turnpike stuff, which you guys got to do a lot last year. But I think we're going to try to get up to that Cincy show. because That's going to be crazy. <laughs> and it's just the, the stars again aligning. So Eric Church was one of the coolest um, things that I got to do when I worked in college radio. Uh, Mike Krinick from EMI had hooked us up with back with tickets. Me, he gave us four or five tickets to a show in Reading, Pennsylvania. Yeah. And we um, we got, like, pre-show meet-and-greet VIP things. Got to hang out backstage. What era of church was this? This was when he was doing the, the 61 days or whatever. Okay. So it was no opener, and it was him playing yeah, for, yeah, like, yeah. two and a half, three hours. That's dope. And the sets were different every night. Yeah. So we got to see, like, the middle of that, and we got to hang out backstage with him, and he was cool as fuck and all that. So for it to be Eric Church, that's cool. Then direct support on that, I believe, is... Travis Tritt. It is. Which is really cool because I got to see Travis Tritt years ago at Rock Ribs and Ridges um, when I was up in Jersey. And now on Travis's team are Caleb Conradi and Dawson Edwards as yeah. assistant tour manager and one of the stage techs. So that's really cool. And then it's the fucking, it's the boys. It's yeah, all you dude. guys opening up. And it's a fucking amphitheater show. It's it's a big deal. It was handpicked by Eric Church, basically, and his and his, which team. is such an honor. Oh, it's a huge honor, man! And uh, so I'm excited to go up to Cincy and do that. I believe that our tickets have been have been purchased, and uh, yeah. we're we're stoked. Cause I got to go up there to Cincy with uh, with Trey last year on the uh, on the Kid Rock tour, and that crowd gets wild. Ohio is Ohio for a oh, reason. Ohio is a great state. I'm going to a bunch of different festivals this year. Again, we'll, we'll, we're going to have a, a big big announcement next week, um, and we have the Key West Songwriters Festival next week. Like. It's funny, I'm off the road now, but these these past couple weeks have been like the the busiest I've probably ever been. Yeah. Even though I'm like the the money situation's a little tight. <laughs> it's still like hey. the grind has just been been heavier than it's ever been and I'm super stoked and excited. Um, where can people go to like find you on all the socials and stuff? I'm looking at that clock. I knew this one was gonna go long, but yeah. we, we went a little oh, long. Wow. Yeah. Um <laughs> so Instagram at Tyler Duh Soundbear. 
Um, remember when it was? Remember what your old one used to be? Uh, just a wandering Tyler. Do you think he said wandering, like moving around, or do you think he said wandering, like thinking, McElwain, when you heard that? Nope. <laughs> With an A. That was the one of the longest running jokes on this podcast early on was yeah. was wandering or wandering. You know? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Deep South Alabama, man. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, Tyler Duh, D-A, Sound Bear, yep. uh, Instagram. Uh, and then I think it's Tyler, Tyler Lassard 541 on Twitter. I think that's it. How many troll accounts are we going to have this year? I'm stepping away from that for a little bit. I still have my baseball one. I still have my one that I troll all the Ohio State football fans with. That's always great. Michigan, Ohio State's my favorite week of the year for Twitter. Yeah, Macklin, you would have loved this. One last oh, thing yeah. before we wrap up here. Um, remember the the face app that would like change people's faces and like make them look old and a little slow? Like mess up their teeth and like make their hair gray and stuff? We had we had slow mat. So he took my face. And put a unibrow and buck teeth. Think of like, think of like, you know, an old man that's got buck teeth, never been to the dentist from like Alabama. Like he took me and Roll Tide Willie and made it one person. Yeah, unibrow, <laughs> old man, gray hair, a uh, lot of wrinkles, buck teeth, and, and called it Met Beryl. And he made it a Twitter troll account, and it was very active and going in on some very hot-button issues in Nashville. Uh, I, I stayed out in Nashville more than I involved you in Nashville stuff because I knew people could maybe. But I went in <laughs> on some Ohio State fans. Like, I got my favorite of the guys that kind of look like thumbs. Like, those guys would just say the most outlandish thing, and I would just clap back at him. It was great. Tyler was just yelling, and I'd get screenshots of this from oh, Tyler. I'd be like, motherfucker, people are going to figure this out. This Met Bureau thing ain't going to last. And That's why and, I kept it out of Nashville as much as I – like, there, every now and then I'd hit something in Nashville. But, like, I tried to keep that one out of Nashville because I knew anybody in Nashville would eventually learn of him. But that one's long gone. Yeah, dude, so many fucking troll accounts and just random shit. But – uh but dude, this was a uh, this was a blast, and yeah, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, look forward to seeing all that all that you've got going on. You got a got a busy uh, busy year ahead of you, and um, a lot of fun yeah. out there with the boys, and uh, starting your officially starting the the journey with uh, Miss uh, Miss Morgan. So I'm super stoked for you, and uh, yeah, dude. Proud, proud that we've gotten uh, gotten to reconnect here in the yeah. last couple months too, man. So it's been. Uh, it's been good and uh, exciting and all of that stuff. But uh, appreciate you guys all watching. Uh, make sure you guys subscribe. Tell your mama and them. Uh, shout out to all of our sponsors. We've got quite a few now. We're not just oh, yeah? uh, Delta 8 THC uh, back in the day. Shout out Andrew Cirilla. Um, we have got our friends um, from Big Friendly Productions. You all be sure to check them out, fulfilling all your merch needs. You heard about them earlier in the podcast, but uh, be sure to check them out. Shout out to Alex and Paige for supporting the program. Also got our friends from Whale Tail Media, Saxman Studios, and our boy Mitch Wallace, and our boy Luke from the Digital Marketing Agency. Uh, for Sweet Boy Behind the Camera, my man Tyler Lassard. Uh, appreciate you guys watching and checking out the episode. Like I said, subscribe, review, rate, do all that shit. And uh, we have got a big announcement coming next week. So um, y'all will get to see the next chapter of what we will be doing 
on this podcast. Going to be some changes, but um, super excited about it and um, can't wait for you all to hear all about it. But you guys take it easy. Uh, have a great day. And uh, this has been another the final edition of the In The Round podcast.